Hello. Hi, Gary. Can you? Yes, I can. Nice and clear. Yes. Because I uh, I opted to use the headset. Should I change it, or are you hearing me well? Uh, you're clear. So, and where it looks like we're recording, it says it at the bottom. It says click to finish recording. So we're good. Excellent. So, are you ready to get started? I'm very excited for this. Me too. We've. Yeah. So let's get started. So for my first question, I wanted to give uh, you to give our listeners a little bit of an introduction about our relationship and why you wanted to collaborate with myself and Flex for Access. For sure. Um, I met you way back a long time ago. I would say 1999, if not year 2000. Uh, I was running and uh, operating a fitness facility called Bodyworks at the time, and uh, we had many pro program programs going on there: uh, injury rehab uh, using uh, physio and chiro and massage therapy. But we also had fitness programs, and uh, I also had a karate program. Uh, I remember you coming into the gym, uh, I think with your mother, uh, maybe grandparents too, but I kind of remember you, I think you were um, maybe 14, 15 years old. What I remember mostly about you was your big contagious smile mm -hmm. and um, very uh, enthusiastic to try anything, do anything uh, in this facility. And um I'm not sure if the karate program was already started. Was it already going, do you think? Uh, I, well, or, I, I believe that you started it, right? You had, and you had. Yeah, no, I started, but I can't remember if you were already, because uh, I think you were doing many different things at our facility. You were doing some personal training and some rehab and stuff like that, but I'm not sure. I may have already started the program because karate wasn't the first thing we did. That was probably a year into running that facility yeah, that we so, uh, started doing karate. So I believe that when I met you, and thank you for that brilliant uh, introduction and, you know, throwback those memories. Um, when I met you, I believe the program had already been running. And I pretty much in my typical fashion of the way I do things, you know, asked, uh, your, asked you if I could join your class and I remember myself being ready to go from from the start and just willing to learn I think I told you that I know very little about karate but I wanted to I wanted to learn self-defense and I wanted to get involved and so and something I start uh, clearly remember is that you were not afraid of working with uh, someone like myself that has limitations at all we just got started and the way uh, I remember we worked the training out was that if I couldn't do certain movements, you had me actually write out some of the movements to teach others um, how to do them. And I just yes. remember that we got started right off the bat. And I remember that every time I entered into the dojo, I felt like I was challenged. And I also felt like I had to dig deeper within myself to, um, learn about myself and also to engage with uh, self-defense. That's what I clearly... Yeah, sh shiver, shiver up my spine when you say all that stuff because that's exactly it. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with many different individuals ranging from uh, kids, very young, to uh, seniors in their 60s and 70s. 
uh, and differently abled uh, people, missing limbs and stuff like that. And I'll tell you that the healthiest uh, fit male or female sometimes did not have as much ability as those that might be looked at as challenged. And uh, so it mostly comes down to, to the mind. And uh, I remember you following the instructions, um, never questioning them, uh, and pushing yourself to the limit. Uh, and you learn to defend yourself not only uh, physically, but mentally. Yes. And um, I remember you as a, as a good student. Um, because let's face it, uh, most confrontations can be handled with a good mental defense. First oh, and foremost, yes, I agree. And that's just yeah. being smart about things, being yeah. calmly aware and smart about things. So yeah. if someone is looking to take something from you, you can weigh out the battle and say, you know, do, 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 let's say, you know, you're at a, a club in the old days when you're allowed to go to a club and someone wanted your chair or took your chair, you can look at it and say, it's just a chair and walk away. Or you can stand there and confront the person confront, who may right. have challenges going on in their lives. Maybe their dog died and someone stole their truck or whatever, uh, that there's no real reason to get involved. Because the only thing that can happen when you get involved in any confrontation with a person, uh, a physical confrontation, is either you get hurt, that person gets hurt, or you both get hurt. And I can tell you, none of them are really good. Right. So only when you're forced to get into that situation where you're backed in the corner or you're defending a loved one or someone that you want to help mm -hmm. is the only time to really do something like that. Um, so yeah, I remember you as, um, as a good student uh, and we worked uh, together for a little while. Um, I think maybe a year and a half to two years, if I recall. I would say it was probably two or even three years. Um, even three. Hey, well, t time flew by then. Yeah. And I would, you know, and I would say that um, exposing myself to a discipline like karate and then later doing um, delving into disciplines like yoga and now uh, exploring more mindfulness and combining that with physical training was um, really, I would say those are the best tools that one can have in the arsenal. So I wanted to ask you um, why you specifically wanted to collaborate with Flex for Access, putting aside, you know, the relationship that we had formulated since I was a lot younger. Um, but what is it about the organization of Flex for Access that you that made you interested in wanting to collaborate with Change How I Feel? Well, I like I like your um, your thoughts about your program uh, and your website and what you do. That um, having people not only uh, pushing themselves to whatever their capability, but at the same time having those things that can push themselves available to them. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, you know, I think access was one of the big terms of, if I remember on your website, having access to, uh, everything that everyone else is able to have access is, um, it's not only just fair, but, you know, we all need tools. You can't screw a screw into a piece of wood without the proper screwdriver. Right. So having the tools available, uh, is just going to be good. Uh, for everyone. I'm under the strong belief that what's good for you is good for me. So it's a little bit selfish in that sense, because, uh, you know, I 
I just naturally lean towards helping others. But in the same time, I'm very aware that uh, we're all leaves on the same tree. And if one leaf is unhealthy, then the rest of the tree probably has something that's either going to get unhealthy or is unhealthy right. already. So well, and- making sure that you're as healthy as possible and doing the best that you can is just awesome for all involved. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And you would also agree with me probably in saying that there's no distinction between, um, in your mind, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're on the same wavelength here. In your mind, there would be no distinction between an individual who has limitations and an individual who's quote unquote able-bodied, um, right? No, yeah, no, no, no difference. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, you cannot... Uh, actually, no, I disagree totally, maybe, because a person who may be labeled as challenged, and that's not a word I use, but you use it, so I'm uh, that person who's differently abled may be actually better than the person that is abled. Uh, so it depends more on mindset than anything right. else. Right. Right. So uh, a person coming to me or to any professional to help them, they have to want. You can lead the person to the water, but you can't make them drink right. the yeah. uh, the trough of goodness, the trough of better something, be that lifestyle or better better uh, training or better mindset. They have to want to do it, and they have to believe in themselves, and they have to uh, say, "I'm ready. Uh, show me what what uh, what's going to help me." Right. Um, and I, you know, the same, I, I, I always, just, just before I always look at it in the same way with what I'm doing now, even though I do fitness with people, I have many people that I'm still working with on a regular basis, mm-hmm. uh, mostly, uh, leaders in the, um, in the business world, uh, CEOs of various companies. Um, so, you know, I work with them with, uh, fitness and, and whatnot, but I'm more leaning towards helping people how to, uh, change how they feel and work more towards a mental image right. of themselves doing the very best that they can do. Okay. And- um, these these CEOs don't really need that because they're already leaning towards that, but that just you can't you can't make them drink, and they got to really want to. Right. And I would still say I would still argue that you know even if a person is strong and they're motivated, there are still things that um, and challenges or limitations that one can address or things in people's uh, lifestyles that a professional like yourself can help them address to get even stronger and change their perspective further. Would you agree with that? For sure. For sure. Um, You know, lifestyle comes, healthy lifestyle is the key. And that, and the list for healthy lifestyle is uh, not just good food and good exercise, but it's also good sleep, um, getting out in the sunshine, being in contact with nature and the earth, um, and that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, that is the physical aspect. Uh, but then there's also the mental aspect. The mental what aspect. are, yeah, what are you thinking? Uh, what trance are you in? And trance is not a bad thing because mm-hmm. we are in a trance every day when we brush our teeth, right? make our food drive our car and it's a good thing because we don't have to think about it very much once we learn how to do it right but trance is also you know doing negative things to our bodies and to our lives because we're not really aware of it right and so I think this is a perfect segue into 
um, my next question here um, of our interview. Would, and it, the question that I had is, can you explain a little bit more thoroughly the work that you do with Change How I Feel? So I know that it's addressing um, mindfulness and looking at how mindfulness or addressing blocks, mental blocks, um, relates to the rest of one's regimen. But uh, can you describe it a little bit more, like what techniques are used? For sure. Um, changehowifeel.com is something I started uh, three or four years ago, and it's a work in progress. Uh, I envision, because this is basically the essence of the work, is having a vision and then uh, thinking that vision to be possible, and not only thinking it to be possible, but seeing it in your mind is complete. Uh, so I had this vision of helping people uh, change how they feel because feeling tends to be the motivator of everything that we do. Uh, I like using the, uh, the peanut butter sandwich analogy. If you're sitting on a couch and you feel like a peanut butter sandwich mm-hmm. and you see that image, your mouth starts actually salivating and you see that image, basically the sandwich made, either you make it or you ask someone to make it for you. Right. Uh, then you're 90% of the way there. And then some action has to be taken. So that has always been, uh, you know, the, uh, the motivator for getting into helping people change how they feel more than helping them to eat better or to exercise, which right. I still do, but it all comes from there. So most people are not feeling good in the world today. And, you know, this world has really gone into the basket in the last uh, three or four months because yeah. of the uh, COVID stuff. Um, yeah. It's a whole nother conversation. Yes. But the this is not just because people aren't taking care of their lifestyle uh, with all the stuff we know, uh, the food, sleep, etc. But they don't feel good because of their what mindset. What starts in their mind, right. And starts in their mind. What the led moment you- they see themselves. Yeah. The moment they see themselves doing something healthy or good for themselves, they automatically uh, squash it and any idea or vision of it because of what's hardwired in their brain. Right. Um, sorry, go ahead. You had a question there? No, uh, my question was, my follow-up question to that was, what really led you personally and as a professional to realize that it was time that you got into the space of mindfulness and getting people to work with their mind more so even than their body? Like, did you have one experience that, that led you specifically to that? Mm. No, I think I think I know. I never. I don't think I've had any eureka along the way. I think it was just uh, a work in progress. I think we all are. Right. Uh, I started out in the fitness industry as a uh, karate teacher in the early '80s, teaching mm-hmm. at a private security firm, and then at the YMCA in downtown Toronto on Grubner Street. Uh, and then in the late '90s, and that's where I met you. I opened up a full fitness facility uh, and injury rehab. Yeah. And I found that people were not just limited only by uh, the physical abilities, physical. but by the way they felt. Okay. Um, they, if they came with the right mindset and could envision themselves being better, they, they were able, they, they succeeded every time. Um, so I began in mm, probably around 2008 to study everything I could find on um, making mental changes, uh, psychology neuro-linguistic programming, spirituality, acupressure, uh, memory re-imprinting, uh, emotional freedom technique, and then an evolution of that called faster EFT, 
faster emotional freedom technique, uh, hypnosis, and an evolution of that FEFT called Utaptics, and uh, and so on. I uh, I wrote and published a book called Healthyism, uh, the practice of constructive consciousness, um, and I looked at being healthy, uh, mind, body, and soul spiritually. Uh, since that time, I've worked with um, a wide range of people, from CEOs to teachers to First Nations athletes. Hi, Gary. So let's pick up where we left off. I was asking you um, if through your work with Change How I Feel, you work with the cl your client to then help them develop a counter trance to the one that they're experiencing. Okay, so just in case, because we're having a little challenge with our uh, podcast system here, just, just to rehash it just a little bit that... Um, you know, when I work with people, it's helping them to recognize if, if they are in a trance that is good or bad. So brushing teeth trance is good. Driving a car trance is good. But being petrified of public speaking and not getting out there and helping people because you're something is not good. Uh, being stressed out about something and closing yourself down by eating junk or drinking or even doing yoga as a way to uh, manage the stress. Uh, not good. We need to figure out what the uh, the stress triggers are and go from there. And then what was your question about uh, the trance? So uh, my, something. my question specifically was then if you would call it that you develop a counter trance working with your... Yeah, I guess you could call it that. Uh, so for most uh, trances that we are in that are not helping us, they come from uh, experiences that we've had in our life. So, for example, the public speaking one, a lot of times it would be a child getting up in front of a class and as they're about to speak, all the children are giggling and uh, they come from a home where they have a parent that yells at them, uh, you know, if they say something out of place. Those trances, those memories, uh, that support that trance have to be approached. And uh, we do know now this is 100% science that memories are plastic. We can change them. So if we change them at the base to help people uh, to have a better trance, to um, re redo that trance, then it's going to be very helpful in their lives. Right. But once again, it has to be, it has to be something that they want to do. You can... You can lead the person to the break the trance water trough, but you can't make them drink it. Of course. Yeah. And then once you are working with them to sort of uh, develop or dispel whatever that negative trance is, it automatically has an effect on them physically as well. Well, it does, but it's not something you can just do once and say, hooray, we're done. It's going to, you can imagine that the pathways and the memories uh, if you have an original memory, they're going to be supported by experiences thereafter. So if you saw mom jumping on a chair because she was afraid of a spider, yes. uh, every time you saw a spider after that, and let's say you attached yourself to that fear and you were also stuck, every time you saw a spider, the spider just gets bigger and crazier. 
from that point on. And then we manifest all these uh, spy- right. spider fears. And then we watch a movie with big spiders and we just support them. So just doing it once is not enough. It's going to be like brushing your teeth. You have, it's just like working out. You have to, you have to do it on a regular, reinforce, reinforce it in yeah. a regular basis uh, forever and ever. Uh, it's not something you just do once. Of course. Yeah. It gets easier. Well, maybe a bit of a lie because I'm thinking about myself for working out. I work with people on fitness and I work with people every day and uh, and I do my own fitness. Yeah. And if you ask me, do you like getting up and going to work out? I'm like, no, <laughs> but I do it, right? I get up yeah. and do it. And I, that's a trance. That's an automatic trance right. for me. I'll just get up and, and do it. And- and the more that we do it, and I, for one, I actually differ with you there because I enjoy working out. The more that we see, do my it, wife does, Lika does too. She enjoys it. Like she's so happy to be doing it. For me, it's like, nah, once I'm doing it, it's fine. But to get into it, no way. Like right. it's not, well, you like it, eh? Yeah. And I actually, but what I was going to say is the more that we do it, we develop. Um, improvements, physical and emotional improvements that lead us to wanting to do it more. I wonder if you agree with me there because um, we are developing progress, right? Well, you know, I think we are lazy by nature. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that are just natural to us. Uh, we're like the lion uh, on the, on the, uh, in the jungle, he, you know, they'll sleep just like you're, if you have a cat 23 hours a day, when it's time to hunt, they get up and move. So I think we're generally, you know, so if you like working out, it's something that was programmed into you. I know with Lika, she, uh, uh, her family was into working out and friends were into it. So she got programmed into it early. So yes, I think it's something you can, you can do, you can make it better. Um, Well, and I also think that the people that you surround yourself with, like if, for example, your colleagues and your friends are ones that, you know, are health conscious and work out, then, you know, and you associate with them, uh, you know, that behavior is going to want to, you're going to want to manifest that behavior because you share that in common with them. Yes. So that comes, you know, that we're talking about trances in general. And uh, so creating a supportive trance. Right. Uh, is is the key. So yeah. whatever that, let's say we're talking about your organization, helping people with different abilities, um, they want to be able to get out there and do whatever they're capable of, whatever that may be. And uh, physically, if it's not possible, uh, then there is mental abilities. And so whatever that may be, they have to, not have to, but if they want to move on to that next level, they can look at what's not supporting them and then get an image of what it is that they want. Because that's the beginning. To be able to get that image in your mind, to visualize it, uh, and not just a vision board, but just to, uh, you know, I've used this before um, earlier in this talk, is the peanut butter sandwich uh, thing. Like when I want a peanut butter sandwich, what's the very first thing I do? I have an image of it. You and then I start salivating. Yeah. And then I'll say to someone, can you make me a peanut butter sandwich? Or I get up and do it. Right. But the, the act, the very first act is envisioning. And yeah. the same with uh, mental toughness to bring it back to what we're talking about on this question here. Right. Uh, so being healthy and healthy lifestyle habits and mental tough, toughness is to get that image first. Whatever that is for you, 
and whatever that you know you know your abilities and we're not going to say limitations because yeah. hey you know I, I can't fly uh you know so we can look at it on the, on the negative but no i i'd rather look at it that what can i do um yeah. you know, if you look at stephen hawkins what he looked at what could he do and his mind was brilliant and he just kept pushing out theories yeah. after theories and math yeah. equations yeah. and so on and there's a list of people like that so yeah. maintain that image feel grateful for that image that it's has already happened so like in the peanut butter sandwich yeah. is already in my mind it's already i'm already salivating yeah. and you're well on the way and i and think I, you mentioned it about perception as yeah, a big and, part I, of and i and i would constantly say that the goal is to constantly um add to the visualization to you know add complexities to it and keep uh visualizing improvement to, in order to make that improvement if possible be manifested physically yes definitely very helpful very helpful so let's move on to the uh my last question here and then you can add any we can add any other points um the last question or point that i have here is that i found it flex for access to deconstruct notions of physical limitations which are brought on due to physical disabilities and to create opportunities for adaptive fitness, sport, and wellness. Um, and so I wanted to ask you why you believe that this is important for practitioners and trainers like yourself to be a part of, and how do you see your work helping to deconstruct the common notions of limitations? And that was very interesting that you just said that you didn't want to use the word limitation. So let's expand on that. Yeah, I, I always like to look at, uh, you know, if you're in a snowstorm, I always try to train myself to say, I want to get home as opposed to, I don't want to go in the ditch. Because in your mind, you're looking at the ditch if you say, I don't want to go in the ditch. If I'm saying I want to get home, I visualize myself going down that road and driving into the driveway right. and going in uh, to the warm house and seeing my family and my cat. You know, that's, that's what I like to see as opposed to you know, saying, I don't want to go in the ditch. And the first thing you got to think about is the ditch and being in a ditch yeah. and blood on your face and all that. So, um, you know, I don't just, just on that question. And I don't think it's just about health professionals to be part of this, but for all of humanity, um, we all have talents and we all have capabilities and abilities. We should encourage people uh, to excel at their natural abilities. And we just mentioned uh, Stephen Hawkins. Hawkins? Hawk. Hawk. I say Hawkins Hawk. or Hawk. Hawkins? Hawkins. Right? So, you know, he was encouraged by his, the people around him uh, to, to go for it. And he did. And, uh, you know, his body was closing down, but his, his mind was expanding yeah. and it just never stopped expanding. Right. So I think, I think we're heading in the right direction. Um, the good that humans have done, are doing, and will do, uh, in my mind, are amazing. Um, we have huge problems in society. Uh, you know, the get, allowing people to have access is one of many. Um, so, but we have also come a long ways. Uh, we've over the last hundred years, we've mapped the human genome. We've created television. Uh, we created the internet at our fingertips, yeah. and uh, we've mastered flight to the moon. 